0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So, this is a risky proposition being a guest preacher, but I'm going to admit before you all, and in front of the rector, I finished this sermon this morning. (laughs) You see, I've been traveling all week. I was away at a church conference, and if you've ever been to a business conference of any time, You know exactly how miserable the church conference could be. But I was in Louisville for five days this week and this is a conference I go to every year. It's one of the bigger conferences the Episcopal Church puts on. But for me this conference has been a a mark of of change over these these past few years. See three years ago we were in Washington DC and one night during the conference I got a call from my sister that she and my mom were rushing my dad to the hospital for emergency tests. They found spots on his lungs, and a month later he died. And then a year after that, two years ago, I think we were in San Antonio, they all blur together, but two years ago, I had the first conversations with people from this very diocese about what it would look like for me to load up my family, drive a thousand miles from Texas and start a new position. Last year at the conference, nothing happened, so that was good. I'm sure things happened, but nothing happened to me. And then this year, our time in Louisville, it was going great. I learned some things, met some interesting people, saw some old friends, and I thought, great, no life-altering experiences are happening. It was wonderful. It was going so great that yesterday, before my flight, I went to the Louisville Slugger Museum. I'm a baseball guy, I played my whole life, so I made a pilgrimage, and they have a batting cage. And so I dropped some tokens in there, and and that was even wonderful. I hit the ball, I still got it. But then I realized the change came this morning when I woke up and realized I am indeed 40 years old, aches and all, and I'm not that college kid anymore. You and I know what it's like to wake up one day and have new aches, new heartaches, new dreams, new plans. You and I know what it's like to wake up one morning and realize that our life is changing, that our world is changing. Sometimes it's change we don't want, like a phone call from our sister. Sometimes it's change that we can't wait for, like a phone call with a bishop. Sometimes the change is good, sometimes the change is not so good. And I suspect if we went around the sanctuary we could all share stories about the changes we've experienced or the changes that are happening in our lives right now. This community is experiencing change because you're getting a deacon. That's a sign of change. But how do we live in the midst of changing lives and changing worlds? How do we live with change? So I wonder if the disciples in today's story are asking those same types of questions. Not because Jesus changed in this story. The transfiguration story, like Jesus, appears different to the disciples. That's not the change I'm talking about, although there is probably a sermon in there. But immediately before this story, Jesus has just told his disciples what? That he's going to suffer and die and be raised again on the third day. And then they go to this mountaintop and have this experience, and then they come down the mountain, and what does Jesus do again? He tells the disciples again, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise up again three days later. And so the change, the questions of change, I think the disciples are wrestling with, are not with Jesus that's glowing or anything. It's their own life. It's the thing. They've given up everything in their lives for this man. They've left behind families and jobs, and homes, and everything. And this fellow's saying, I'm about to die. So I can imagine that their life is turned upside down. I can imagine that they're wrestling with what it means to live with change. And change, whether on the mountaintop of transfiguration or in the valley of the shadow of death, It's a reality for all of us. But I also think in this transfiguration story, there's some hints about how we can approach changes in our own lives and in our own worlds. The first is that I'm very aware that in the midst of change, there's a lot of voices we start to hear. Some of these voices are outside of us, but sometimes it's the voices inside of us as well. There's voices that are chattering about what should be done, what's not being done. There's voices of judgment, voices of second guessing, voices of self-doubt, voices of self-judgment. Some voices tell us to run and hide, other voices tell us to stay and fight. Some voices ask questions. Other voices deny what's happening. Sometimes it seems there's so many voices crying out for attention. But the story in this transfiguration gospel is that there is one voice to listen to. In the midst of this changing moment, God, from on high, bellows out somehow and says about Jesus, this is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Listen to him. What if, in the midst of the changes around us and inside of us, we sought to To wade through the voices that are clamoring out for attention and listened to the voice of Jesus? What if we kept our ears open to what Jesus is saying in our life and in our community and in our world? What if we became aware of what Jesus is up to? But the fear there is that sometimes listening to the voice of Jesus is gonna knock us flat on our backs. And I suspect we've all faced a change in our life that has knocked us down, caused us to stumble, showed us how unprepared we are. Again, this isn't about whether change is perceived as good or bad. I know in the changes of my life, if they've been good changes, I've been knocked down because I'm unprepared. Or if they've been bad changes, I've been knocked down because I'm unprepared. This is about what we do after that, about regaining balance, getting our feet back under us, stepping into a new life that Jesus calls us into. Our gospel says that the three disciples fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. And then the first thing Jesus says to them is, Get up. Get up. But it's more than just a translation. Like I would tell my nine-year-old kid who won't stop watching video games to get up or whatever. It's more than that, right? This This is the word that Matthew in his gospel uses when Jesus tells a paralyzed man to stand up. This is the same word that Matthew uses in his gospel when Jesus tells a dead little girl to raise up. This is the same word that Matthew uses in his gospel when an angel appears to some women and says, Jesus isn't here, he has gotten up. This is a word of resurrection. This is a word of new life. This is what it means to get up. Because somehow this new life, this resurrection is hidden in the midst of change. Whether we like it or not, even whether we see it or not. But, like for the disciples, like for us, change is often scary. I'd go so far to say that change is always scary. Change often brings fear fear of what we might lose or fear of what we might gain. But in the midst of this fear, Jesus has another word for us do not be afraid. More than any other command from Jesus in the Gospels are these three words do not be afraid. These words don't magically eliminate our fear. Right, We don't hear Jesus tell us to not be afraid and then go out and never tremble. That's unrealistic. Instead, they call us to take the first step into this new life, into this get-up life, despite our fear. They are the assurance once again that this change will not have the final word. Because Jesus has the final word. So at my conference this week, amazingly, the theme was change. The theme, we, all the workshops and the talk, it was about a changing church and a changing world. Because in the church we deal with it, in our lives we deal with it, because what's the cliche? The only constant is change. We're also facing some sort of change, some of it good, some of it bad. Maybe your change began with, with a phone call from your sister. Maybe your change began with loading up a moving truck and driving across the country. Maybe your change began with waking up and realizing you weren't, aren't as young as you used to be. I don't know what changes you're dealing with. Maybe changes in your family, maybe changes in your health, maybe changes in your work, maybe a dream that's not working out, or maybe a dream that's working out beyond your wildest imaginations. We're always facing change. And what matters is how we deal with it. What matters is how we approach it. So whatever it is this morning, Good changes, bad changes, something we're looking forward to, something we're dreading. Whatever that change is, what the gospel says to us today is that we get up. We don't be afraid. And we listen to Jesus. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me, screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel today, says, that's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife. Love triangles. Now that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father. In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone. Or anything and every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions what is our most important relationship and who or what do we love the most Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy, Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids' sports more than anything, because that's where I spend my time. But believe it or not, this diocese isn't Jesus, and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus. If you were to look at at my checkbook, you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So, do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most, many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles, saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me, is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag, more than me, is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even and perhaps especially when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best even perhaps especially when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves but the hope in the midst of all of this the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves is that in the midst of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me, screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, that's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife. Love triangles. Now, that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives because whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles, because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy, Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids' sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time. But believe it or not, this diocese isn't Jesus. And spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus. If you were to look at at my checkbook, you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag, more than me, is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best. Even, perhaps especially, when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy, the one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, That's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us With at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife but do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag more than me is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even and perhaps especially when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best, even, perhaps especially, when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, that's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us With at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag more than me is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best, even perhaps especially when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me, screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, that's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles, because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer Is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag, more than me, is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best. Even, perhaps especially, when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy, the one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, That's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now, that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy, Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer Is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag more than me is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best, even, perhaps especially, when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, That's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now, that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives because whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles, because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer Is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag more than me is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best, even, perhaps especially, when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves. But the hope in the midst of all of this, the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves, is that in the midst of of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So, these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, That's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic but this week as i've been reflecting on this gospel reading my wife and i also celebrated our 15th anniversary and as i read this passage one thing screamed out to me when i take these words of jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles Now, that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag, more than me, is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even perhaps especially when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even and perhaps especially when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best even perhaps especially when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves but the hope in the midst of all of this the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves is that in the midst of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen. I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So these readings, at least this gospel reading, to me, screams Happy Father's Day, doesn't it? Jesus, who preaches peace through most of his ministry and through most of the gospel, today says, that's not all of it. And he goes further and he says, I'm going to turn children against parents, household against household. And to me, it seems like the gospel writer has had young children during the pandemic. But this week, as I've been reflecting on this gospel reading, my wife and I also celebrated our 15th anniversary. And as I read this passage, one thing screamed out to me when I take these words of Jesus and my relationship with my wife love triangles. Now, that may sound odd for someone to say a few days after their anniversary, but you know what love triangles are. They're the cover of glossy magazines at the checkout counter. They're the plot of a great movie. They're what headlines are made of. But they're also part of our lives. Because, whether we like to admit it or not, we're all part of a love triangle. If you're like me, you're probably part of several love triangles. Because at the heart of all love triangles are questions of priority, commitment, and loyalty. In today's gospel reading, Jesus sets before us a couple of these love triangles. When he says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. In the first triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and there's our mother and our father In the second triangle, there's Jesus, there's us, and children. These are by no means the only love triangles of our lives. Jesus could have kept going. Because these love triangles can involve anyone or anything. And every love triangle confronts us with at least two questions. What is our most important relationship? And who or what do we love the most? Of course, after hearing this gospel, it's really easy to quickly jump up and raise our hand with the Sunday school answer, Jesus. It's easy. Jesus makes it plain in this gospel. And when we're acting our best, that's probably the answer we say out loud. But what do our lives say? What's the lived answer to these questions? I have a reminder on my hand every day of a commitment I made to my wife. But do I love Jesus more than Elizabeth? How do we do that? And as strange and difficult and challenging of a question as that is, that's what Jesus says I must do. If you look at my calendar, you would think that I either love this diocese or my kids sports more than anything because that's where I spend my time but believe it or not this diocese isn't Jesus and spending all my time on this diocese isn't the same as spending my time with Jesus if you were to look at at my checkbook you would probably quickly realize that I have an addiction to Diet Dr. Pepper from Sonic. (laughs) Because that's where I spend too much money. So do I love Diet Dr. Pepper more than I love Jesus? If you knew the thoughts that fill my mind and some of the choices I've made throughout my life, you would probably quickly realize that my lived answer is usually that I love myself most of all. And if you're honest, I bet you know that feeling. We're probably not all that different in our lived answers to those questions about our most important relationship and who or what we love most. Many days look pretty similar. But if, however, Jesus asks us to love him more than our own parents, more than our own children, more than our own selves, then he does the same thing with every single aspect of our lives. Because there can only be one primary relationship. And Jesus says, Jesus commands it to be him. And his demand for primacy in our lives isn't limited to mother or father or son or daughter. It's primacy over everything and anything that too often gets in our way. He could have easily continued his list of love triangles saying, whoever loves friend more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves work more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves power, reputation, whoever loves church or denomination, whoever loves country and flag more than me is not worthy of me. So be honest with yourself. What are the love triangles in your life? What is your most important relationship? Who or what do you love most? Today's gospel confronts us. Today's gospel commands us to answer that question. And you may ask, I may, does this mean we reject our parents? Does this mean we reject our children? Of course not. Jesus isn't saying this. Please don't hear me saying this, because that misses the point by a mile. Jesus here isn't making a command for exclusivity. He's making a demand of priority. Jesus refuses to be just another of our love interests. Jesus is the primary love. And Jesus' refusal to to be just another love interest is for our own good, because it is only when we love Jesus first that we can love others best. That one primary relationship with Jesus is what gives all our other relationships direction, meaning, and purpose. And that relationship with Jesus becomes the lens by which everything else in our life makes sense. It's the foundation on which we build our lives. It's the signpost by which we make decisions. Because when our first love is Jesus, we can love our families, our mothers, our fathers, our sons, our daughters, best even, perhaps, especially, when that love of Jesus commands us to call out sin in our own families. Loving Jesus first means we can love our communities best, even, and perhaps especially, when that love of Jesus calls us to confront the sin and brokenness in our communities. Loving Jesus first means we can love ourselves best even perhaps especially when that love calls us to call out that sin and brokenness we find in ourselves but the hope in the midst of all of this the hope in the midst of all of these love triangles in which we will always find ourselves is that in the midst of that sin and brokenness, and in the midst of that hope and joy. The one truth remains. Jesus loves us first. Amen.